So, so, so scandalous. Anticipating something. Talking about the dance in your pants. You're listening to The Naughty Rude Show, Sin's home of sexuality, identity and relationships on Sin Nation. So, so, so scandalous. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of The Naughty Rude Show. Uh, my name is Christian, I'm back again and I'm here with Darcy. Thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, it's such a pleasure. I haven't been on in so long and I've missed it. Welcome back. We're very happy to have you. <laughs> so we'll be talking about a few, uh, yes, quite an eclectic mix of um, things today. I know this isn't art spin, but I feel I can still use the word eclectic if I feel <laughs> like it. Um, so we're talking about uh, reinventing yourself post-breakup and comparing it across the genders as well a bit. Um, fantasy relationships and real relationships. Uh, sex, story, sex stories in the news, so... The Barnaby Joyce thing, I believe you wanted to talk about. Oh, what a scandal. Yes, so scandalous. (laughs) Um, How do you answer the question, why are you single and why people ask it? Um, Dunbar's number. I don't believe you'd heard about this before. I hadn't. It was a completely new theory to me, so Hmm. I'm interested in delving into that a bit. Yes, and listeners, if it's completely new to you as well, um, exciting things to discover. But basically that's the maximum relationships of maximum number of meaningful relationships the human brain can apparently handle 150 spoilers but we'll be discussing (laughs) that later Uh, as well as the history of sex ed from the 60s to now basically so yeah lots of things lined up um please feel free to ask us uh some questions throughout the show two ways you can do that um one way is of course our tumblr which is the naughty rude show.tumblr.com slash ask and the text line which is 0438662426 that's 0438662426 uh lots of sixes in there it's a very sixy number you might say <laughs> suits, it suits the show it suits the show Definitely. Um, yeah, so hopefully you can remember it with confidence. Um, as we go into our next song, Confidence by Ocean Alley, You're listening to the Naughty Rude Show on Sin Nation with Christian and Darcy. This is Naughty Rude on Sin Nation. So we've come to our first topic for the night, which is reinventing yourself post-breakup. So I guess, you know, there's a lot of cliches around it. I'm sure you've all seen the... Mm, like the chick flick movies hmm. where they do it, you know. Um, I mean, I'm watching Guilty Pleasure. I'm watching Married at First Sight because I'm a horrible person <laughs> and I like to see other people's lives implode on TV. Um, but, for instance, Tracy, post-breakup, post-divorce, went and got a, a boob job and some um, implants in her face. What are they called? Fillers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, so I guess... How do you reinvent yourself post-breakup and is it necessary? And how does it vary with the genders, you know? So I think for me, I've been broken up with once and I cut my hair, which is a cliche, I know. Lots of, lots of girls who have done that. I mean, what, what do you reckon guys do? Um, I'm not sure what's specific to guys, actually. Um, I, 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 was, I was just thinking about the cutting the hair thing because mm-hmm. that's like... I mean, that, that's a movie cliche as well. The oh, yeah. I reckon that's where we all get it from. Character development. <laughs> yeah. yeah so it's growth. Life imitating art. It's growth <laughs> that you're cutting. Yeah, and it's not actually growing. Um, I know. I guess it's... 
Uh, you, you know, yeah, like after breakups, after yeah, basically after like sort of big life events like that, like more of the the coming down rather than the going up. Mm. Um, people are usually when those periods where people are advised like to delay making any sort of big life choices, such as you know everything from like getting tattoos to like going overseas, yeah. big purchases, big quitting jobs, that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah, um, because you just don't. Yeah, even like a couple of weeks after, you tend to sort of think very, very differently about what you should do. And if you do make big life decisions during that period, um, quite likely to regret them or consider them in a different light. Yeah, Um, definitely. Even just a couple of weeks after the initial, yeah, breakup. Um, Yeah, I'm not entirely sure actually what's like specific to guys, but um, I guess, yeah, I mean, there's there's sort of like there's physical things, but there's also kind of like behavioral sort of changes mm. as well mm-hmm. or and I suppose also that depending on like what the breakup was like um, kind of those or, or almost treated as like your what you do as soon as you be, like graduate from school or go on holiday whatever like the things I couldn't do when yeah. I was I you know now that I'm signal yeah they? like I had a lot of girls in year 12 mm. cut their hair to like their collarbone mm. which is the exact same thing <laughs> that a lot of other girls did when they got broken up with yeah so it's like or well, colouring well, your hair as well like, yeah yeah so yeah. Guess there are, yeah, appearance I things. I guess. Mm. I, I think hair is one of those things <laughs> that you should definitely play with because it'll just grow back. Like, you know, mm. if you're going to do something dramatic, mm. hair's a good one. Hair's mm. a good one. But, you know, I find that the cliches are um, on both ends of the scale. Mm. So you've got the extreme and you've got the – sorry, you've got two extremes. So, like, you were just talking about behavioural mm. changes. Um, for instance, people might shut themselves off and just – stay in the house and be sad and, you know, do the cliche, eat ice cream and crap. Watch rom-coms. Yeah, or, yeah. you know. Oh, well, not and all, then, yeah, it's, it's, it's like trashy stuff. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then on the other <laughs> side, you've got people who go out and they just want to sleep with everybody. Do you know mm. what I mean? The whole rebound thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You want as many rebounds as you possibly can get. Eventually, mm. you might shoot a goal. <laughs> um, well, it's interesting, like, how much of it is sort of... I guess internally versus externally motivated. Like, how much of it is what you think you yourself need um, versus? The, I guess there's also this, this whole thing that sometimes people feel of like having to make a show for other people that mm. you're over the person you just broke up with, or that you know you definitely are. Even to the point where you're trying to say like, I'm not bothered by this at all. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah. Um, I'm, in fact, I'm so fine and nonchalant that I'm making a big show of my nonchalance. <laughs> I'm very committed to my nonchalance. Yeah, I think so. Mm. And um, mm. I'm, I don't know which one's more healthy or if there is a healthier way of dealing with them, mm. but they're very interesting variations mm. in reading bed to yourself post-breakup. And I find, especially at the moment, there are a lot of how-to-be-broken-up-with books <laughs> like Zoe Foster Blake, I'm mm. pretty sure, has just released one. I think it's called How to Be a Boss. Mm. And it comes with all this different stuff. It comes with like fake tattoos on your wrist. And she's got like the whole, you know, uh, put this fake, this temporary tattoo on your wrist so you can remember when you're drunk to look down at your wrist and not call him back. I'm like, you know what? Actually, that's not a dumb idea because I'm in a very serious relationship currently. And. I think if we broke up, I would be completely wrecked. And mm. if I got drunk, I would definitely be calling him all the time. I just would be because I'd be a pathetic mess, you know? 
Um, yeah, yeah. I think like oh, yeah, obviously there's still the the calling thing, but I suppose like with social media now, of course, like there's multiple ways to have that sort of yeah, yeah ties like yeah virtual ties with your ex. Yeah, um, like you know even the whole yeah looking at their Facebook profile or whatever like that would social be so media harsh. stalking them. Um, and way and ways to like, get like still caught for doing that too. Even mm. um, you know when you can if you can see that who's looked at your profile, um, it be, can be quite obvious to yeah. Like it's hard to, but I, I get I get like the curiosity thing as well. Just wanting to know. <laughs> it's 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 obviously a big switch from like knowing a lot about a person's what's going on in the person's life to um, trying to. Uh, well, cope with knowing nothing. Yeah. Really, well, you know, losing the right to yeah. have that knowledge and mm. still trying to gain it somehow. Mm. Um, yeah, I've I have often thought about because again, I'm a pathetic mess and I'm in a very serious relationship and I'm stupid. I I wonder sometimes, you know, if we broke up, how would I deal with that? And I don't think I couldn't be his friend definitely not because seeing him with somebody else would break my heart and so I think I'd have to block him on every Mm. social media and all of his friends and just completely disassociate myself which would be so difficult Mm. I really sympathize with people who struggle to do that because I know it would be hard yeah it's well uh, yeah so much of that is easier said than done as well I mean like talking about you know blocking yourself off from uh, I mean if you have mutual friends as well Mm. then that's uh, uh, yeah it depends on (laughs) A lot of it is, like, context-dependent, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. I Okay, if we go all the way back to reinventing yourself post-breakup, I don't think it's necessary. I think you got to do what you got to do. Try to not make permanent life decisions because they can come back to bite you in the ass. Play with your hair. uh, Maybe go on a trip somewhere. Maybe sleep with a couple of people that you might regret. But, you know, make sure you're safe doing it. And honestly... Just go back to being yourself afterwards because you'll be a better person for it. Got a question? Hit us up at the naughtyrootshow.tumblr.com forward slash ask. So we've um, come to one of the Tumblr sections of the show now uh, where we answer some of your wonderful questions. Doing our best. <laughs> so, um, Darcy, which one would you like to start off with? I think I'd like to start with the when is it too soon to have sex with someone you're dating? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have a time frame, honestly. Like, I think for me, and it's so different for absolutely everybody, but for me, when I have a connection with someone and it feels like it's the right moment, I'm happy to sleep with them whenever. It could be the first date, could be five dates in. I think it's just when you feel it. What do you think? Yeah, this is going to be such a lazy answer, but I'm going to like again depends. Yeah. <laughs> um, I yeah, I don't think there's like a hard and fast uh, rule, or you know even rule of thumb. Or you know, like the really. three date rule that people imply. Mm. You know, oh, it's the third date. You're going to have to put out. No, you don't. If you don't want to put out, you don't have to put out. And if you want to put out on the first date, that's cool too. Mm. You know, um, I went out for drinks with a guy um, like I didn't really know him we were just going out um, I was actually out going out with my cousin and I invited him along I was like you know let's just hang out and by the end of that night like we knew we were going to see each other again and I was like well do you want to come back to my place and he couldn't because he had work but for me that didn't feel weird at all because it was just 
the right moment for it. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which one next, do you think? Oh, what about the big one? Yeah? The big... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, big, the big question is, my ex and I broke up and we've stayed friends, but she constantly tells me things that are quite personal. And to be honest, I don't really know how to deal with it when we're together. When we were together. Of course, I try my best, but like now I don't even know what to do half the time. How do I diffuse this without being super harsh on her? I would hate to hear any sex details about my ex. I, nah, I couldn't do it. It would hurt me so much. But really good question. Mm. How to diffuse that situation. Did I say it was things that are quite personal? Yeah. And I think... But- that's probably what they're referring to because they would probably know personal things about their girlfriend already. Mm. But if that's not what this person is referring to, then I apologise for interpreting the question incorrectly. Um, Yeah. How do you diffuse the situation? Uh, What would you do? What do you reckon, Christian? Um, I'd probably... Yeah, I, I think I'd be as honest as you could without being super harsh. Mm. Um, so, you know, not, not lying, but also not like telling very harsh truths. Just, mm, yeah, I guess just kind of being honest about mm. like what you're really able to do yourself, like how much you're able to su- really support. Yeah. Do you mean like just kind of giving mm. blasé answers and not really being into it? Um, oh, not, not even that kind of game, just mm. sort of, uh, you know, depending on what the personal details are. Um, you know, maybe even just saying, you know, I, I can understand what you're feeling, but I don't, I don't really know what to say or I don't really know what to, yeah. you know, rather than uh, kind of, le- yeah, like kind of um, suggesting in any way that, you know, you are the person who can help or the person who can make this better or or um yeah or even that you know you're someone who yeah like not avoiding giving the impression that you're perfectly comfortable hearing all these personal uh all these personal things yeah i reckon um for me if it was the personal details about other relationships or something like that i'd like to say that what I'd do, and if I was a little bit more grown up, this is definitely what I'd do, is um, just say, you know, look, I'm your ex. This is really uncomfortable for me. Um, you know, we're obviously still friends and I still love you in that kind of way, but I, I can't hear this sort of stuff. It's just, it makes me very uncomfortable. Hmm. But ultimately, probably what I would do is the wrong thing. And I'd sit there and I'd listen to it and I'd let it eat away at me for ages. So I think how to diffuse it without being super harsh is to probably say directly to her face and try to use the correct words. You know, I I can't listen to this because it really quite hurts me and it makes me very uncomfortable. That's just Mm. my opinion, though. Hmm. Yeah. Honesty, I think, is the key word there. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you were together, so I'm sure she would understand. Hmm. 
it. I think that's all we have for the moment, questions-wise. We've got one more. Oh. It's the uh, thoughts on the what are you doing text. So, WYD text. You know, you get drunk or you're sad and alone and you send the what are you doing, you know, you up kind of text, um, which I know has been memeing around at the moment, the you up. <laughs> um, that is something that I would do, 100%. I, I already know that I'm guilty of it and would do it. So <laughs> I think it's a toxic thing that we have mobile phones and hmm. friends that won't take them away from us or keep them away from us successfully. <laughs> what do you reckon? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure about this one. It hasn't really happened to me, so or I haven't done it myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but, well... Just, just as a general rule of, uh, like, generally with me, for, like for texts and messages, like I, I don't really feel like a, <laughs> um, that kind of obligation to like respond straight away anyway, or like even to like to be instantly available mm. for communication right this minute. So. Oh yeah, no. Yeah. I think if I got that text, I'd be mm. like, they're drunk <laughs> and I'm mm. not interested. But it's yeah. totally a, a text that I would send in a vulnerable state whether Mm. that's alcohol-related or emotions-related. And I know that it hurts when they don't respond, but you're also really glad. Mm. My thoughts on the what are you doing text is if you send them too often, delete the number. Mm. It's for the best, trust me. (laughs) Sounds like good advice. All right. Is that all? For now? Uh, yeah, that seems to be all the questions for now. And again, if you want to ask us any questions, you can do that through Tumblr at the Naughty Rude Show. forward slash ask. We've also got the text line open. We're keen to hear your texts, and that's on 0438 662 Again, 0438 662 You're listening to the Naughty Rude Show. So we've got one extra voice in the studio. Yes. Do you want to intro yourself quickly? Yeah, my name's Julia. Um, I'm the EP of Naughty Ruchu. We love Julia. She's fantastic. Mm. And, and what's an EP? Uh, an executive <laughs> producer. <laughs> Thank ah. you, Christian. <laughs> and just to that point, the show would not be done every week without her. So we love having her on. Just sitting quietly in the corner, pressing buttons. <laughs> Try not to make too much noise. <laughs> Until now. <laughs> you can't stop me now. <laughs> That'll be our next song, no. <laughs> uh, well, we anyway. think we're funny, so that's the main thing. <laughs> uh, but in reality, we're not. But anyway, uh, yeah, speaking of reality and, and non-reality fantasy, um, we're going to have a bit of chat about uh, fantasy versus um, reality friendships. Uh, friend, uh, relationships, sorry. Yeah. Um, you can in, have fantasy large. friendships if you want. True, but yeah, but more in, broad, in broader than... In my mind, than, yeah. I'm friends with Lord. So mm. Are you really? Yep. I think she'd mm. be cool. Uh, I'd like it. Yep. <laughs> well, we are playing a bit of Lord later, mm. aren't we? Yeah, I think so. People I do have fantasy friendships as well. <laughs> but yeah, any, yeah mm-hmm. any type of relationships. Uh, depending on who, I suppose, even like family relationships, people have fantasy fantasies about. So yeah, people can imagine all sorts of things and, um, mm. and be attached to all sorts of imaginary things mm. and then grieve all sorts of imaginary things as well when they turn out to be imaginary. Like Harrison Definitely imaginary. Ford, when he divorced his wife and got an earring, hmm. broke my mum's heart. <laughs> <laughs> Was it but, good earring? Mm. No, no, it was awful. Mm. Okay. 
pirate in space. That's a very bizarre thing to do, get an earring post-breakup. <laughs> Not a haircut. Midlife crisis. Yeah. yeah. Don't get a car. No. It's got too much money for that, apparently. <laughs> Let's just do something very minimal. <laughs> Pierce my ear. But not only mm. can we fantasise about, you know, being with somebody who's a little bit out of the norm, you can also think about maybe how your relationship should be and it doesn't turn out that way. Mm. You know, different relationships versus, well, different relationships. That was mm. poorly worded. Um, you know, for instance... One of my closest friends, her boyfriend, who is also a, a good friend of mine, they have been going out for two years now and they don't really see each other that often. They're not really in each other's space. Um, they love each other 100%, but they they don't spend a lot of time with each other. She was saying to me that, um, you know, she, <laughs> she was jokingly saying that she spends more time with his parents than she does with him. Mm because she'll stay at his place if she's working in that area and he'll, you know, come home after her. She'll leave in the morning before he wakes up. And to me, that sounds lonely, but it really works for them. Yeah. You know? And then you've got other relationships where you spend every night together, you swap houses all the time, you're always in each other's space, and that really works for some people and other people find that horrifying. Suffocating. (laughs) Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yep. I um uh, my ex lived in the country, so about an hour, an hour ten mm. drive away. Wow! So I found that difficult, and when I found that out initially, I thought, you know, that that's fine. Like, oh, I haven't heard about that place, but I'm sure it'll be fine. Make do. I've got time on the weekend. And then when I got into the relationship, I was making decisions between, you know, whether I would choose to spend my weekend with him, with him working and me working, him in the country, me in the city it's made sense to spend time on the weekend with each other as much as possible when we both had free time. But then that had an effect on my friendships too. Like I was choosing, oh, well, Saturday nights, if I've got that going on, I'm making decisions where someone's going to lose out. So in my head, I was like, this is going to work. This is a great guy. He ticks all these boxes for me. But it just, it really affected how I sort of viewed that relationship. And it it did sort of become detrimental to, to us in the end, the distance there. Yeah. That's kind of an extreme case as well. (laughs) Um, But, you know, not an uncommon one. Like my, where I work, I know that my manager's partner is out in Shepparton, I think. And she's in the city and he wants her to move out with him. And she's like, well, I can't because, you know, I've got got a job and I've got friends and, and this and that and the other. And I think, again, that space is detrimental to a relationship sometimes. Long distance almost, really. You know? Well, Shepparton is pretty far away. <laughs> Shepparton's so far away. <laughs> what about you, Christian? Have you had experiences of when you've imagined that something could be quite good and it hasn't been? Or have you imagined certain relationships in your head? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah, def- uh, definitely the latter. Um, haven't, yeah, what well, has never really gotten like too attached to that um, fantasy relationship. Um, but, yeah, you, when you do realise that you kind of have gotten ahead of yourself it's but I, mean, I think it's it's easier to do than you might even if you know that you're doing it that doesn't necessarily mean you can stop yourself from doing it um right yeah talk us through it what happened um without naming names of yep. course <laughs> if i speak slowly during this recount it's because i'm making an effort not to name <laughs> names <laughs> um Yes, so it was uh, someone I thought it was like a 
like I thought we hit it off really well when we first like met. Um, so it, I think yeah, I think I was always aware to like, oh, okay, this could like seeing each other a lot one on one. This could be a, or we could just be friends, or we could just I don't know. I'll just contend to like, I all I knew kind of for sure was like, oh, we enjoy spending time with each other. So let's let's like make that. Uh, yeah, let's just. just it is Content what it to is. see, yeah, what that might turn into or not turn into or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it's sort of like the telling other people about it. Like the minute you sort of say to somebody else, like, I think we might be dating, but I'm not entirely sure. They, they, the only word in that sentence they listen to is dating. Mm-hmm. Um, they, even if it's conditional or hypothetical or possible or... Yeah, it's, it almost becomes like a rumor that. So it was sort of a. It was quite, a, I think, a lesson in, um, like, it's it's one thing to sort of have this, but be between yourself and the other person. But talking about it with other people kind of makes it take. Yeah, gives it a life of its own, um, because really, in other people's heads, yes, they they seize upon those those words, those magic words like dating and relationship. And we hear boyfriend. what we want to hear. Yeah. <laughs> so what happens when hmm. it doesn't work out as planned? Um, it doesn't work out as planned. Yeah, again, I, spo- I suppose it depends on like how invested you were in this potential thing to begin with. Um, and I really don't think I was, actually. That sort of... Yeah, like, you know, just disappointing, of course, but not... Because of the timing of that as well, it was um, it was when I just came after like trip from Sydney, which is why I've been away from this show, um, and like a family trip to Sydney as well. Um, so it, it, yeah, so like very, it's definitely give you uh, I don't know, uh, well, and does give you a new perspective. I know that's quite like a pretentious thing to say, but like having sort of days where you're spending time like just with family like family really get to see but yeah like just with family rather than you know friends or partner partner potential partner whatever um so like that's a very kind of different it yeah it definitely feels like a very sort of obviously like different relationship like and i'm talking about like a genuine family relationship not like when it's purely obligation based on Mm -hmm. uh, the dna that we both happen to share but it's like when you actually you know, when you're actually close, when when it's like it's more than just the obligation that sort of ties together. Um, so I think, yeah, it kind of, it was a convenient, I would say it was a convenient comparison, like the sort of real close relationships I had with my family versus this one that wasn't even real. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I did... It made it so much more clear, like what was more valuable. Mm. I think, um, like a very sort of fleeting potential one mm. versus like a a real, very kind of different one. I'm, I'm, yeah. By no means I'm, am I saying that like you know only your family could love you, mm. but um, it is a tangible relationship. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, and it's a very different. Like it works very differently. Family versus partners, of course. <laughs> hmm. And family versus friends, really. Yeah. Oh, so it's kind of all I have to say about that, I suppose. <laughs> uh, that particular story. Yeah. The end. Thank you for listening. <laughs> we have a message mm. on our text line. Mm. If you hit up oh four three eight 
662-426. That's 0438-662-426. Hmm. We've got a message from Evram. Does finding our Santa Claus finding out Santa Claus isn't real count as a fantasy relationship breakup? Oh, definitely. I was shattered. Hmm. I found my bike from Santa hmm. in the shed like three weeks before Christmas. Hmm. What do you think? Ruined. Was- yeah, I think it. I think it does. I think it can. <laughs> I know I keep saying depends, but like it depends on how you find out. If you figure it out for yourself, it's often not that crushing. Um, but if you catch your parents, like in a <laughs> yeah, putting the Christmas presents down or whatever, um, <laughs> then that could be hard. <laughs> Ooh yeah. So. And, Speaking of questions, we were taking some of um, your wonderful questions before. And please, do still keep them coming. Um, speaking of questions, you can send them to us via uh, 0438662426. Um, or, of course, the Tumblr, the nollyroodshow.tumblr.com slash ask. But the question we are not going to ask of you, but we are going to discuss it, um, is why are you single? I hate that question. And it comes in, like, so many different tones as well. Like, Hmm. when you do something, people are like, oh, my God, why are you single? Really? Yeah. Have you never... It just comes out the way... No, no, I haven't. No, not not for something I've done. It's always... It's always something stupid and slutty. Like, you know, taking a tequila shot without flinching. It's that kind of stuff. Ah, well, I'm a guy, so maybe that's (laughs) the difference between... Maybe that's f- why I haven't gotten it. A tequila is a female-only drink, obviously. Yes, <laughs> yes, it's it's for vagina bearers. Yes, yeah. So no, no, no. <laughs> I'm talking about the question. <laughs> May, yeah, hmm. Maybe guys don't. Yeah, maybe guys don't get that one as much or as like sort of out of the blue. I think um, I know a few guys that get it when they do something like really sweet. Huh. Um, like I think. I was oh, trying to remember. This was a while ago now. It was like year nine. And um, one of my friends bought this gift for another one of my friends. And it was just the most thoughtful, lovely thing ever. And they went that close. And I said to, the, I said to him, you know, why, why did you do that? That would have been expensive and everything. And he said, well, I just thought that she really deserved a, something thoughtful on her birthday because he knew that she wasn't going to get that much and Mm. somebody else said why are you single Mm. you know Mm. so there's positive ways to ask (laughs) it but i find which i'm sure you're about to discuss yeah most of it is negative (laughs) yeah uh well yeah i just think it's always well like how are you supposed to answer it i I guess is my first question to this question Mm. um (laughs) like taking it literally or, or even sort of taking it more generally like what do you expect somebody to say? How do you expect somebody to explain the reason, like, what the causes of their current relationship status? And how yeah. are they supposed to know mm. why they're single? Mm. Yeah. Mm. Like, you know, yeah. some some people are purposefully not looking for a relationship, and I guess they mm. have an answer there. But for the rest of us, it's like, well, because obviously I'm hideously unattractive to all <laughs> genders. Thanks mm. for bringing it up. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's, it's never... Um, yeah, so, so I guess it's well. Obviously, it's a very personal question. Um, but yeah, yeah, like I guess the easiest answer is, oh, well, I'm single because I've just broken up with someone. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. So like, there's never a no. I feel like no matter what the answer, if indeed there will be an answer, it, 
I can't imagine it's ever something that the person would actually sort of want to talk about or feel good about sharing, especially if it's sort of, well, yeah, come out the blue. But even, I think no matter what the context, mm. um, even if it's something that you're actually, like, you're curious about, like, you want to know why, um, Julie and I were talking about this before, like, mm. if you want to know why somebody is single, well, first of all, it's not really any of your business, but second mm. of all, <laughs> um, I don't think the I think the, the person is probably the not the one who's going to know. No. If indeed anyone knows, <laughs> they 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 aren't going to know. I think they would also like to know. So maybe you can find it out together. Maybe you can go on a quest for information. <laughs> yeah. Together you can find out why that person is single. Christian. But why do you need you know, like what 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 is um what would be the point of finding out this magical reason anyway? It's <laughs> a good point. Yeah. Christian, you hmm. you said that we were talking about earlier and hmm. someone did ask me this. And hmm. I think he meant it as a compliment. Um, he was like listing like, you know, you've got a degree, you know, you're relatively attractive. Oh, hmm. I don't know, like what he said. He was yeah. like dishing out compliments to me. And yeah. I was like, oh, this is lovely. Hmm. But it obviously made me really uncomfortable. Hmm. And it's often asked by people that are in a relationship. So it's like, well, it's not really used as a pickup line. But then again, I've, I've also heard it from people that are sort of using it as a pickup line. And it, it comes across as a backhand and compliment because what hmm. are you supposed to get from it and how am I supposed to feel from it when hmm. uh, if you are actively looking for someone, but you know, like you said, if you're making the conscious decision of being single and you're happy like that, well, then it, there's a suggestion that you choosing to be that isn't the way that it's supposed to go, that oh, you're yeah. not, you shouldn't be making that decision, that you should be looking for someone. But also, like, the odds of finding somebody that you find attractive, that finds you attractive as well, and you can actually have a relationship with, are so low. It's such an incredible thing to be in a relationship and to be able to, you know, be put up with by somebody and put up <laughs> with them and... Hmm. You know, even if it's only for a couple of months, you know, I think I think a lot of relationships, especially in the younger kind of age groups, don't last a lot past six months. But six months is still a huge amount of time to be attached to somebody. Mm. Um, mm. So just there, I think, is your answer, because it's incredibly statistically unlikely. <laughs> If we're That's talking why. statistics, yes. <laughs> yes. It is possible that that you are single for that reason, that you haven't found the right person. Also, because we're super picky, I reckon. Oh, yeah. And nothing wrong with that. No. I mean, who... No. I am hmm. not for settling. I don't think anyone in this room wants to do any sort of settling whatsoever. Mm-mm. Darcy in a happy relationship. I mean, you can attest to that, that you don't want to be with someone that doesn't tick all the boxes, right? Yeah, well... Yeah. I was never looking particularly after my first breakup because um, this is my second partner and I was single for a year and a lot of my um, my friends were over a year actually. A lot of my friends were dating and going out and having fun and I just couldn't do it. I felt very alone and I got the question, why are you single mm. all the time? And Did you take it as a compliment? No. No, it was mostly from my girlfriends asking why I'm not going back out there and and trying with different people. Right. Um, and, yeah, because I had higher standards than what I was presented with, which may sound harsh, but now I'm very happy and I'm glad I waited over a year. Mm. Really? And like hmm. you said, it is so difficult to find people. Mm. And in the world of online dating, which I feel like is where 
the trends are heading, that people do often meet each other through online means. People aren't willing to go up to strangers anymore and say, hey, and ask someone out on the spot. It seems like more of the norm that it's all on the online world. Yeah. That, um, you know, you, you, I suppose you find yourself single there and that's where you often get the question. Yeah, true. I like, for me, I could never get the hang of online dating. Otherwise, I might have tried dating a little bit sooner. Um, my, my, my partner and I, it was pure luck, which does not happen very often. Um, You're lucky. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know. I think about mm. it all the time. He, oh, it's so cliche. He was a waiter, like a barista. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I, I met him at this cafe that I went, like frequented a lot. I used to do schoolwork there. I was there all the time. They knew me. Um, but it's so difficult. Mm. It was such pure luck mm. that like, he was interested in what I was doing at school because it could benefit what he was doing in his career. And we just got talking and hit mm. it off right away. Mm. Online dating is such a better option for people who are looking really... Mm. You say that being in a couple, though. Bear in mind. <laughs> true. No, that is completely true. Um, I know that I I tried online dating. Yeah. I couldn't get the hang of it. I never went on a date. See, that's where I think the crux of the, this argument is because when you are swiping away on Tinder, on Bumble, what Grinder, whatever app you're on, uh, it's interesting because you're making those split decisions about you know um, a lot of on the surface stuff whether they're mm. attractive there. And I feel like that's where the pickiness comes from, that we are often more single than we are in couples because we're saying, well, if someone's not right, I don't have the patience to pursue this for long enough to see if something will grow. So I'll just move on to the next person, you know? like I think that's a very fair assessment. And I feel like more of my friends are becoming single because of this and there's more people, you know, outweighing in the population. I I think the statistics say that, you know, more people are getting divorced, more more people are single and, Mm. you know, you're part of the minority. So well done, Darcy. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Teach us your ways. No, there was no teaching to be done. I fumbled into it. I fell down some stairs and I ended up in a relationship. That's, Literally? Uh, I actually <laughs> did fall down a couple of flights of stairs yesterday, but apart from that... <laughs> into your boyfriend's arms. He did catch me. Hey. That was nice. <laughs> Should we move on to the next song? Yeah, I reckon. So next song... Oh, do you want to do, do this one? Because this was your song. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought we were going to play something else. No. Um, oh. All right. Okay. Get what out of my way. This? I'm about to announce a song oh. by Kylie <gasps> Minogue. <laughs> Get out of my way. You're listening to uh, The Naughty Roots Show on Sin Nation. Got a question? Hit us up at thenaughtyrootshow.tumblr.com forward slash ask. So we're just taking a few questions now. A few more questions. Um, I thought we might actually start just quickly, um, with one from the text line. Thank you so much for texting in on 0438-662-426. So this was in response to, we were just talking about the why you're single question before. Um, Somebody's texted in saying, I think the best response to why are you single is dot, 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 why do you have a partner? This actually did come to my mind as well. Um, But then I thought the rest of the, because it's a fair enough, you know, the uh, kind of reversal of it. Um, the question basically being, you know, like, why is your relationship status the way it is? Um, but then, you know, when you follow through the rest of that interaction, um, as a comeback, like, if you're treating it like a comeback, um, that is actually a nice question to answer. Like, you know, answering the, the why you single question 
usually is going to make people feel you know worse after having answered it, uh, unless you know they're like they actually aren't you know like they're asexual, they're aromantic, whatever. They actually aren't looking. So, but um, like if they're if they're not like if they are if they are looking and they haven't found anyone yet because. As we were just discussing, it's very difficult to find someone, harder than you think. Um, then obviously that's just going to remind them of their bad luck or whatever. Um, whereas, uh, I mean, Darcy basically just asked you in the previous little discussion, um, why you, why you, I mean, we didn't ask you, but you told us why you had a partner. Mm. Um and that certainly seemed to make you feel happy. It certainly didn't seem to make you feel sad. No, well, answering I, yeah. that question. I love him, so it's it, it is a joyful topic for me. So yeah. I totally totally get your point. Hmm. Um, but I think, like you know, it's a good immediate kind of reaction. You know, hmm. why are you single? Or why do you have a partner? Hmm. Like, yeah. or why are you in a relationship? Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, why are you in a relationship? <laughs> But then that does kind of open... Like, if mm. it depends where this why your single question is coming from. Like, if it's coming from a sense of um, superiority as well, mm. then they might actually enjoy, uh, you know, answering that question, why are you in a relationship? Well, because I'm very attractive, financially stable, and <laughs> I'm, I'm looking and I was proactive and I, I found a good guy, I found and a good girl, didn't. I found a good person, yes. Yeah. you got to work on that. <laughs> yeah, so... I know. <laughs> As a rhetorical question, I guess it works. Anyway, um, speaking of questions, thank you for that question. Um, text line person, texture. Um, but now we're going over to the, more of the Tumblr questions. So, Darcy, which one do you want to go through first? Ooh, okay. There's a very weighty one. I want to leave that for a little bit and make sure we have enough time to answer the other two. Mm. Um, so, I think... Okay, here's one that I have absolutely no say on, so let's do that first. A partner's <laughs> training at gym together, weird. No, a partner's <laughs> training together at gym, weird. Hmm. I don't go to gym. I know that if I went with my boyfriend, he'd do the, the you know, PE coach thing and I'd want to punch him in the face. <laughs> so, hmm. uh, yes, uh, no, I have no say in this one. Hmm. What do you guys reckon? Well, uh, yeah, I guess I wonder... Like, is this person imagining that it's, like, a heterosexual couple? Um, because, like, if, yeah, if it's, uh, like, a, if it's a gay couple and you, like, yeah, a queer couple and two people the same gender and you don't know that they are a couple and you just happen to see, you're just seeing, like, two women or two guys, like, training together, people probably wouldn't think that was weird. Mm. Um, but that's it. You know, even, like... Uh, cutie-filled, like, guy and girl training together at the gym. Yeah, no, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't think that was weird. Mm. I, I just think that's a thing that they do together. Yeah, I guess, I mean, if they were all, yeah, lovey-dovey mm. and, and, you know, passing the medicine ball and then kissing in the middle, mm. I don't know if that's possible because I don't gym. But, <laughs> like, that would make me uncomfortable. I'd be like, guys, I am sweating my ass off over here. Could you just... Over mm. there. Move over there. <laughs> out of my eyesight. Yeah. But well, I, I don't think it's weird. Because <laughs> we did play a Kyle Binoke song earlier. Um, she does have another more recent track called Sexercise. So <laughs> if they were doing that at the gym, then yes. Very strange. Yeah. Also be Sexercise. Yeah. <laughs> more yeah. than just weird. Yes. Def- at least weird. Um, so Sexercise. Uh, yeah. um, exercise? Fine. <laughs> yeah. Sexercise, a way to uh, get on the sexual offenders list. So let's not do that, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, what do I think? 
partners training at gym together, I don't think it's weird. I probably wouldn't do it myself because I get pretty sweaty when I exercise. And I've had partners that watch me at netball, and mm. which is lovely, cheering me on as part of the cheer squad. <laughs> yeah, but don't get too close to me. <laughs> also, I'm going to be self-conscious about it. I'm going to be like, oh, you know, I still want to be attractive to them. Mm. So I probably wouldn't get into it, and I'd just be wasting the time that I'm exercising there if I'm worried mm. about how I look. Yeah, mm. fair. Um, but I've seen couples that do it. I mean, my brother and uh, my sister-in-law, they train together, and that's really a big part of their lifestyle, keeping fit and healthy. F- healthy, Fit and healthy. <laughs> Got there. Um, yeah, and that's kind of their, I suppose, their foundation there, that they really do um, prioritise health in their life, and that's really important to them. Um, and that's also something that they use as an activity together because they've got really busy lifestyles themselves and they don't get to see much of each other. So going to the gym together is kind of their little ritual and their routine. Um, but, yeah, for me, nah. I think it's a bit it's a bit much. I mean, I see people on YouTube that do it and they've got these cute little routines down pat. Yeah, it's nice, but would you do it in long term? I don't know. Maybe at the start of a relationship, mm. lay off a bit. <laughs> and then when they've seen all facets of you in a relationship, seen you first thing in the morning and they're fine with that, maybe you can <laughs> ease into it from there. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Shall we move on to the next question? Yes. Uh, so we've got the one that we're saving. Mm-hmm. Wait till you hear that one. Um, but in the meantime, is it ever, quote unquote, too early to go on a couple's holiday with your partner? I'd say it's definitely too early to go on a couple's holiday with someone who's not your partner. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but specifically with your partner? Glad you specified that. Um, well, it's, I think we had, we had a, ti- like a time question, like a too early question early on the show too. It, it depends on like too early if you're talking about, I guess, like time or the sort of the stage of the relationship. Because I don't think you can really say like, Yes, one month, three days, too early. One month, four days, not too early. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's really up to... Depends on where your relationship is at like, and the nature of... How long can yeah. you spend alone with this person at this point in time? You how know? long is the holiday? Yeah, as well. Yeah. As well. I mm. went on a holiday, if you can even call it that. It was only mm. like three nights or something. And it was... Uh, it's like Dalesford, but it's not da- Mansfield. Mm-hmm. It's Mansfield, you know. So there's not a lot to do. Three days, you drive up, you drive back down, you spend a few nights together. I think that's fine. I think you can do that very early on in a relationship. I would have happily done that in the first month of my relationship. I think we were maybe four months in when we did that because we're poor uni students, you know. <laughs> so, But mm. I, I could have gone in a, on a big months-long Europe trip or something like that at the same time that we went to Mansfield, you know? Mm-hmm. But then I know some other people who are like, I need time away from my partner in order for us to work, mm. you know, which was the same as what we were talking about before with different types of relationships. Mm. It depends. <laughs> depends. Yeah. We're going to be saying that word a lot. Yeah. But, that's but it does. It, yeah. It really does. The motto of the Naughty Rude Show. Mm, depends. Mm. <laughs> yeah, well, well, even though we, we just play the song, like, new rules, mm. rules, mm-hmm. there are, 
there are, aren't really that many like hard and fast rules. No, really. no. Except mm. for maybe friendship, which brings us to our next question from Tumblr. Mm. What do I do if I've slept with my best friend's boyfriend? Oh. Now that's a rule that's been broken, you see. Honey. There aren't many rules, but that's one. Gosh. <sighs> Step one, no. <laughs> Don't do it. Well, oh, God, it depends on so many things as to what you do next. Mm. Like, do you want to be with the boyfriend? Does the boyfriend want to be with you? Mm. Do you want the friendship or the relationship? What What's important to you out of this? Because you can't have both. No. Mm. It would be impossible, I think, for me. Or at least my relationships, you know, with my best friend, I'm not even sure it would be possible to have her friendship, even if I ditched the guy and told her, you know, Mm. like, I would probably never talk about it and hope that it never came up. But I don't think that's the right thing to do. That's just what I would do, because I'm this anxiety ridden introvert who can't handle confrontation. But it's not the right thing to do. Christian, thoughts? Well, yeah, I'm just thinking about, like, this whole you can't have both thing, but, like, I wonder if you can really even have either at this point. No. Like, realistically. Um, because, yeah, like, if, if even if you decide to leave the boyfriend, like, realistically, can you cut the boyfriend out of your life without and, and keep your best friend in your life, given that they are a no. couple. So, no. Don't think so. Yeah. No. So what can this poor, poor person do? It sounds as though mm. it has happened. So what's mm. the next step here? Well, I think ultimately the next step is a talk with the boyfriend. Figure out if this is a thing that both of you want to pursue And if it is, really, really think through that decision, whether that's worth giving up your best friend. Mm. Um, And if it's not, whether it's a thing that you never bring up again or whether it's a thing that you come clean about and hope for the best, which (sighs) honesty is a very tough subject here because some people would think it better to just never talk about it, never hurt anybody. Nobody had to know, you know. Mm. and that coming clean just makes you feel better and gets rid of your guilty conscience. Mm. So I think that one is a is a personal choice. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, even though we're talking about, like, doing the right thing, um, I really don't think... But just given the line that has been crossed, like, there, there isn't really any, like, totally right thing. Like, a line has been crossed. So... <laughs> so, um... Yeah, if you're, uh, we're, like, we're talking about options here, but obviously, like, none of them are perfect. None of them are really going to, uh, you know, solve yeah. anything really or, you know, really actually, like, there's a, there's a, really is a limit to how much any of these sorts of actions can actually, like, help or resolve the situation. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, a line has been crossed. So, you know, after, yeah, after this person, what they choose to do from after this point, um... The line has been crossed. There's no going back after that. So I feel like, yeah, no matter which option you choose, there is going to be you know, something wrong with it. They aren't, neither, neither is going to be totally right. Um, you can't have both. Yeah. No. I, or whatever the, <laughs> why can't we have both soft and hard tacos? But um, speaking of 
explaining things in different languages. Yes, um, romance on, languages. On yes. our text line, we have some French to uh, mm. solve this equation. Yes. They're suggesting a menage à trois. Mm. I think that's what a bad idea. <laughs> I'm just going to yeah. say that right now. I mm-hmm. think that's a terrible idea. Just translation, a, a three-way, in yeah. case uh, <laughs> any of you are playing along at home and don't mm. know what that means. No. Yeah. Um, I think with this situation, the main thing to focus on is trust. Mm. Trust has been broken. So are you going to try and build it back up with your best friend? If you choose to leave your best friend behind and go in this relationship with her partner, can you trust them? Um, You know, I mean, for me, I know there's a lot of grey areas when it comes to cheating. There really is. There are so many reasons for it. Sometimes uh, it can be excused. I would be destroyed if somebody cheated on me, especially this situation. I don't think I'd recover. Um, But... For me, I would always be thinking, he's just going to cheat on me like he did on my best friend. So, Mm. you know, you really got to think about trust, I think. Mm. Hmm. If you want to ask us any other questions anonymously, uh, you don't have to have a Tumblr account, but just head to the naughtyrudeshow.tumblr.com forward slash ask. And like we said, we've also got a text line if you text in 0438 426. It's 0438 Should we go to another song? Oh, yeah, definitely. Let's lighten this up a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is Naughty Rude. Okay, so we're coming to the intellectual portion of tonight. <laughs> we're talking about uh, Dunbar's number. No, no, I, I, I know I just said number um, and the name of an old um, anthropologist, in this case, an old ac- British academic. Um, don't, but don't run away. This is still very relevant and, uh, and still... Um, Potentially naughty and or rude. So keep listening, please. <laughs> All right. So Dunbar's number um, is actually the... What's it called? It's so technical. So the suggestive cognitive limit to the um, number of people that one can sustain a meaningful relationship with. Meaningful, stable relationship, apparently. Is there a magic number? Yes. Um, it's more of an average, mm. 150 stable relationships. So um, informally, it's been explained, that, uh, the criteria for one of these relationships to count in the, the top 150. Mm. Um, has, uh, so, some, so people you would not feel embarrassed about joining uninvited for a drink if you happen to bump it into them in a bar. I like that definition. Mm. I have like two of those, so... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so it's a uh, sta- yeah, so stable relationships um you know doesn't count as one sort of like like former relationships or it's basically theoretically um the amount of ones that you could sustain simultaneously. Theoretically 150. Um although apparently the full range is uh 100 to 250. Right. <laughs> and 100 well, 100 is still a lot. Um but 250 is like the Maximum, maximum, maximum. So this is purely like neurobiology, um, and I think not really like psychology, more kind of physical, more to do with like the actual size of the primates, the skull, mm. humans versus other primates. Um, so basically, like, yeah, 
it's very much how much room is there in the brain for relationships. I've started to think about numbers of Facebook friends right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> People come up on my newsfeed mm. on Facebook. I'm like, who are you? We're friends, but mm. I don't know who you are. Yeah, it happens to me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a very interesting mm. range, 100 to 250 mm. meaningful relationships mm. that some people could have 250 people that mm. they would see at a bar and go, I'm just going to go join them for a drink. Yeah. That's really interesting. Mm. It could be over a period of time, though, because you could fall in and out of friendship with people. Oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, no, that's I not. Suppose. That's no. simultaneous. Oh. Whoa. Yes. <laughs> Far out. So why did old mate Dunbar look at this? What was he interested in about? Um, Do we know? I'm not sure... Heard as in the like the purpose of it. Um, hmm. I'm not sure exactly. I think, yeah. Well, I mean, th- so this was in the 1990s. So I imagine his there's all sorts of things he could have put in his research grant application. <laughs> lots of implications. I want to know if, if I have enough meaningful relationships in my life or not. <laughs> Let's ask a few friends. But it's interesting. Like, yeah, that's neurobiology. Like, that's that's theory. Um, hmm. That's how much the brain can sustain. But you know, it, it, in practice, I'm just thinking of, like, uh, just the time to... Because, like, relationships, obviously, and this is... You know, friendships are included. We're not talking about 150 partners at once. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, God, I would be so yeah. tired. <laughs> um, yeah, but but even with, like, 150... Oh, like, 250 meaningful relationships at once, that really would be, you know, tiring if... I mean, you know, d- depending on life circumstances, like if you're factoring in, in, you know, stuff like work and study um, and family. I was talking a bit about family relationships before, and I suppose um, (laughs) family wouldn't necessarily count as, like, a meaningful relationship. Oh, I'd count it. Oh, sorry, I mean, like, not necessarily. Like, I'm talking about, like, individual, uh, like, family relationships. Mm -hmm. So, like, the... I don't know, like the, the the distant cousin that you only see like once a year at Christmas, yeah, it doesn't wouldn't count. count as a meaningful yeah. relationship. No, I'd avoid yeah. them in a supermarket, you know. Yeah, yeah, that kind <laughs> of. <laughs> Who is that? Hmm. Ah, yes. I hope Some... I don't have them for KK this year. <laughs> Sometimes I drive past mm. my grandmother's place when I'm meant to go stay mm. and you know see her for a cup of tea, and I see mm. like my cousin's car in the driveway. I go, no, nah, come today. back later, because <laughs> yeah. I just don't want to deal with it. No, definitely not. <laughs> Yeah, and it, um, stable relationships as well is the key. So mm. that many stable relationships. So we're talking, I don't know whether that means like you can't have that sort of period where you don't see them for months and you mm. sort of become a bit like you become less close and you become more close when you start seeing them more often again or mm. stable relationships. Like who has the time for 250 stable relationships to be maintained at once? Why don't we do a quick survey mm. and just spitball here? Because mm. I'm trying to think like work, there's probably eight or so people. Like, I've got mm. a pretty big office. There's probably about eight people that are in my immediate team that mm. pretty well you know, versed with them, pretty happy with them. Then you're counting in family. Mm. How are we getting up to 150? <laughs> Friends, I've, yeah. I feel like as I've gotten older, there's mm. been a smaller sample size of people that you're really close with and mm. stay in contact, constant contact with. What yeah. about you guys? Well, that's the thing. You do just by, you know, the more commitments you have, the more uh, motivated you really have to be to mm. go out everywhere to see friends, especially friends that, like, aren't, you know, work friends or sin friends or mm. because you're kind of just given that time 
like on a weekly on a regular basis with them anyway mm. um you don't have to make an effort to and like an outside effort to see them obviously if you're working with them does so, a meaningful relationship count as the person that drives the 750 bus in the morning because <laughs> if they don't rock up that's you depend on them <laughs> you see them consistently yeah. Meaningful uh, social relationship. Uh, <laughs> see, now we've got to mm. narrow the definition here. Yeah. Okay. So I've <laughs> I mentioned that just before, done but... like a quick calculation in my mm. head. Mm. Mm. And I reckon if I'm rounding up, I've got <laughs> 10 meaningful relationships, including my family members. Mm. Okay, so we've got a range here. Mm. <laughs> Looking at the sample size there. Three in this room. <laughs> yeah, such a big sample size. Similar age, similar kind of demographic. Mm. Mm. Got some gender diversity here, though. That's it's true. Very diverse. Yes. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, I know. Um, but, yeah, I, I guess... I, so, it, it is a good question. Why, why would someone want to research something like that? Um, and I suppose... Yeah, I think it certainly makes a difference, I guess, just to sort of know, like... I don't know if anyone has come close to that 250, <laughs> but... Um, they just sound like yeah. really busy people. Yeah, or... It's exhausting. Mm. Because oh like, God, if yeah. someone claims that like, I have 400... Well, oh. yeah, if you're going by your Facebook friends, um, and if you've got like 400 friends, and if for some reason someone you know, think, think, likes to think of them all as like real friends, mm. um, you know, 400 is be? way more than 250. <laughs> so... Yeah, it's it's um, that's what I mean. Like meaningful, stable social relationships. So yeah, the a bus driver, technically a relationship, <laughs> but is it social? Do you go out for <laughs> coffee with the bus driver? Probably not. Do mm. you know about their life and their family? Not at all. Oh, mm. he doesn't know about mine though. So it's a it's not really a two way street, <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> We're serious about sex and playful too. We're going to go into another topic, which is sex ed. Yes. Sex ed through the ages, Ooh, as it were. Right. So since about the 60s, I believe, is when it sort of became a thing, um, right up until now. Because I, I can remember my dad telling me about um, a conversation he had with one of his high school teachers like at a reunion. Um, his science teacher? Uh, about their very awkward um, sex ed lessons, <laughs> because or awkward because the teacher was mostly I think awkward, but because it, uh, um, I think like it was very new to the school and very new to her to even do this. Um, and well, I mean it's interesting that it was a science teacher. I think now it's usually the domain of the PE teacher, so it's interesting how it's made the shift there in the school curriculum, less scientific, more. Um, well, I think just the fact that it is like physical education. But where sex is put um, does say something by itself to students, really. Like, sex, physical. <laughs> Whereas psychology is still treated as a science, so maybe if it was still talked about in that kind of science realm, um, they might have sort of a fuller appreciation for the non-physical aspects of sex or around sex. Um, I just want to say the word sex as often as I can because we haven't said the word sex enough on this episode and it is the Naughty Root Show. <laughs> um, anyway, so I don't really know if teachers have become any uh, less awkward. Um, I remember when... So 
I think my no, I had a very enthusiastic sex ed teacher oh. um, at the high school, <laughs> which was actually great um, because she wasn't like awkward about it at all. She wasn't, yeah, didn't hold back in any way. She was just like very, um, just very comfortable with it, really, um, and knew what she was talking about. So it was confident. Um, and yeah, just I think that really did help to like. Of course, people still got giggly because we're talking about year nines and tens here, um, <laughs> but um, that didn't. Uh, yeah, like it didn't really give. Um, I think the student. Yeah, like my class kind of that license that an awkward teacher does to, uh, you know, like make a mockery of it, sort of, or like not take it seriously in any way, or just think of it as like this laugh or. Um, this thing that you know we shouldn't be talking about because like for most of well, definitely primary school and for most of high school sex is treated as this thing that we're not supposed to talk about certainly in primary school um and yes like part of that is actually to do with child safe standards some of what you know, some of talking about sex um but when it gets to the point where you know like it's considered a dirty word um you know if you're just like if you're if it's english say and you're analyzing Romeo and Juliet, trying to analyse Romeo and Juliet without, or any Shakespeare play for that matter, without talking about sex, is very, very difficult. <laughs> I don't get schools that want to teach kids Shakespeare and not talk about sex. Um, it's harder than you think. It's like, no wonder they don't get it, because they're just like, we're going to skip over this, you know, if they say like, hey, what does fiddlestick mean? Like, nothing, let's move on. Hey, <laughs> What's this long, thin pipe? Nothing, nothing, nothing. Move on, move on. <laughs> What's the beast with two backs? That's... Uh, never mind. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I think having a, a sex ed teacher in high school that was very comfortable with it did make a, like, a really huge difference. And in primary school, I think it was basically... I guess you could almost say outsourced for me. Um, like they did, the, they did the incursion sort of thing. Um so they brought like someone the external in, not not the teacher that we knew, but somebody who we didn't know, um, to talk to us about sex for the first time. The first time this was sort of talked about by an authority figure in in school. Um, pros and cons to that, obviously. Mm. Um, yeah, like pros, I think, because you know maybe that made us a bit more comfortable knowing that we wouldn't have to see someone, this person outside this context. Like, it wasn't the teacher that you have to spend the rest of the year with. Um, and you but, make judgments about those teachers too when they're talking about it because all mm. of a sudden you're thinking about them having a sex life. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't really want to think about that sometimes. <laughs> True. Um, especially in high school, I suppose. Uh, but but cons, I mean, it's it's. I, I guess it was sort of difficult, like this person that you've just met, and the first conversation, even if they try and ease their way into it, the first conversation you're having is, you know, it's suddenly like, well, penis, vagina, boobs. Like, what? <laughs> Can't we start with our name and our favorite <laughs> food or something? Um, like, <laughs> Get right in there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> See what you did there. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> it, pros and cons to that, obviously. Um, and, hi, yeah, I didn't really have the incursions in high school. Um Key thing to think about now, and I think this is something that schools are slowly starting to catch up with, is this thing called the internet. Um, mm. Although I did get my mm. education through mm. uh, Dolly when you rip through the pages there, oh, the, sealed the sealed section. section. Mm. Darcy, what was your experience of sex ed? <laughs> did you find it at school or elsewhere? Uh, school. Um, 
we had we didn't have the sports teacher mm. or the science teacher teach us. We were a United Church school, um, so you know. The cool Catholics, mm. really, I think is how they marketed themselves. Mm. Um, and so we had personal enrichment and religious studies as a subject. So we had sex ed through there. And I think we got like three lessons, 75 minutes. It's not really enough time to learn. Mm. But mm. like the teacher brought in dildos, which was really weird. What? Yeah. And we got to put condoms on them. That's uh, educational, though. That's practical. I know, I know how to use a condom, I guess. Safe sex. Yep. Safe sex is great. I think that should definitely be taught. Um, but I find that a lot of men that I come into contact with do not understand how women's bodies work, but we understand how men's bodies work. And that can be very detrimental at times, mm. unfortunately. Um, I think sex ed could be a lot better, and I hope mm. that it will be, including actually teaching us about how to have sex. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. you get the basis of it, but it's so much more complicated than you think it would be. And it, the media is mm. also focused uh, oftentimes on the male yeah. and uh, their enjoyment of the act. Yeah. I mean, if you watch a sex scene in a, in a movie or something, they just slide right on in. <laughs> That's not how it works. <laughs> i just like to point that out. <laughs> that hurts, okay? Well, it really shows... Yeah, there's lots of, like, close-ups on their faces or it's under the mm. sheets or it's... Yeah. Yeah, but, like, the more raw kind of... Like, I think Game of Thrones is particularly detrimental because <laughs> you have a lot of young boys watching. It's mm. it's rapey, to put it lightly. Really. I'm, I'm going to use that word. I don't use it very often because um, I think that it's actually a terrible adjective to use. Um, but... There are rape scenes in in Game of Thrones and they are portrayed as, as love scenes, but it's not. And a lot of the time, even in the, you might call it good sex scenes, they do. They just slide right on in there. It's just not how it works. Um, did we get a, a message from the text line? We sure did. Yes. It says, so sad, school sex ed was pathetic in 1970. Just given a cartoon body shape picture, each of a man and a woman, no genitalia considered too risque. Right, so they Barbie dolled them. They mm. gave the men the Ken Bulge. <laughs> Excellent. That's great. I well, don't know what they must have talked about. Yeah. Um, if they were like trying to do sex ed without talking about genitalia i don't understand just draw a stick figure no, you know you just like, yeah. point at it and go you know what you've got <laughs> i'll pull down your pants and we'll have a look <laughs> too much <laughs> that oh, would be mortifying in school <laughs> i think we have to leave it on that note mm. as it is just 10 o'clock now um mm. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Um, If you missed anything, (laughs) we have a podcast. Where can we find it, guys? Sin.org.au, Omni, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud. Everywhere. Yes. Everywhere you get your podcasts. Mm. Oh, continue that singing. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And, of course, you can keep up to date with Naughty Rude on Facebook and Mm. Twitter. Um, Just search for Naughty Rude. And if you feel like asking us any questions on Tumblr, just hit up the naughtyrudeshow.tumblr.com forward slash ask because we'll be back Sunday answering your questions from 8. Thank you so much for listening to Sin Nation. Bye. So, so, so scandalous.